0: <laughs> <laughs> List- de 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 California.
1: Weather well, headlines for today, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell.
0: Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business, top optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss the rise of the strategic technicians. Joining us is Matt Bolian, who's the co-founder and head of growth at Red Partners, which designs, builds, and executes revenue operations to support holistic go-to-market strategies for scaling companies. So far this week, Matt and I have talked about the rise of the strategic technician and RevOps as a competitive differentiator. And today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by talking about why there are no tool agnostics. Okay, here's my conversation with Matt Bolian, co-founder and head of growth at RevPartner. So Matt, we're not having a religious conversation here. So just so folks understand, when we're talking (laughs) about agnostics, What we're saying ultimately is you can't subscribe to any one portion of the tech stack and say that's the best. That's the only thing. Is that what we're talking about today, Matt? Truly tool agnostic? Gosh, maybe
1: the opposite. I'm saying that no one is truly agnostic and that to be successful, you must actually not be tool agnostic and you must get really stinking good at your tool and your weapon
0: of choice. So this is a platform war we're talking about ultimately here, Matt, right? So is this one of deciding which RevTech stack based on CRM? In other words, are we talking about the CRM wars here? Me particularly am a crusader in
1: the CRM wars. So yes, we can talk about that. And I think like as I, my background is a Salesforce admin, ran a billion dollar company in Salesforce and then 25 plus million dollar in Dynamics and now a now help companies in HubSpot, I have an opinion, especially as tools come more intricate. It's more of an opinion shared with potential future revenue professionals and that it's okay to get really good at one and you will be okay regardless of what you choose.
0: Okay. So let's talk about the stacks that are out there and I'm sure I'm going to miss a few, but we're ultimately talking about here, I would say, is the Salesforce world, which Matt, you are a product of, it sounds like. We're talking about the Dynamics world, right? Tends to be a little bit more present at the enterprise level. I'm going to throw Oracle in there, good example of a platform play that tends to function in the enterprise. And then HubSpot, right? I know I'm missing other CRMs, guys, but I'm really talking about, if you will, the four kind of dominant choices that are out there for the marketplace. I feel like the one that we spend the most time talking about or thinking about typically is going to be Salesforce, just simply because there's a giant phallic symbol in the middle of the city next to mine, to remind us every day that Salesforce is a dominant player, but also it feels like they have really, they really started this idea of platform wars, if you will, it sounds negative, but they've said, here's our take. Our take is that your core platform is gonna be our CRM solutions. And we're gonna add to that over time through acquisitions or building new stuff. But in the meantime, our true power is in our partnerships. It's that breadth, if you will. Couldn't begin to tell you what Microsoft Dynamics approach is. My sense overall, it's you're part of the Microsoft world, might as drink more Kool-Aid. Oracle, again, not terribly familiar, but again, platform play for large enterprises. Once you're hooked, you're hooked. HubSpot's been really interesting. They've made a lot of noise, right? And they certainly begun to dominate the place that Salesforce got their start in, which is that, let's call that the emerging commercial, mid-market, kind of rising company marketplace. You're, I think, a convert now. You're now a HubSpot person. Talk to us about how HubSpot differentiates the marketplace, what their pitch is to the market at large. I think there's let me say there's three reasons. Where I was a blood
1: boiling blue person that would do Salesforce, and then now I I bleed orange. And here's the the three reasons. First one is, is that HubSpot. I mean, like I like to say oh, we're crafted, not cobbled, but that's marketing. Like what makes HubSpot beautiful? Let's give an example from yesterday. We we're talking about you're going through Gong. It's HubSpot's building out their own CI, their conversational intelligence inside HubSpot that automatically tracks calls. And so if you have your CRM, you no longer need Gong. You just have HubSpot. You don't need sales reach or outreach because you can do sales engagement directly through sequences, multi-touch inside HubSpot. You don't need a Salesforce and Pardot because you have your forums, you have your landing page all inside HubSpot. You don't need WordPress because you have CMS all inside HubSpot. And you don't need Salesforce because you have HubSpot. You have have everything you need for your sales team and you can start to do reporting in it. So what is its number one is I actually think this, if I was like talking to a robots person, what is your number one goal in life? It is to decrease the amount of databases that you use because it makes, it allows you to move faster and pivot quicker. And HubSpot does that. It is easier to maintain, use, and thus execute revenue operations and generate revenue from. That's my opinion. That's just what I've seen. So it decreases your number of tools in your stack. We forgot to trash Marketo. Just to know. We- <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Marketo. Uh, yeah. But
1: who uses Marketo? Uh, you gotta, you gotta like be like abuse. So number two is you don't pay for every user. I don't think people get this. Like when you, when you go into a Salesforce, you have to pay for every user based on what your like, your level of, are you going to give them access here? Are you going to give them the HubSpot? Like you can be a, you can be a CEO of a company and you can come in and suck the data create reports and you can have all you can create your own reports and never have to pay for your usage. It scales
0: infinitely better than those that charge for every single user. So really interesting stuff. So you've made a compelling pitch for HubSpot. Let me repeat it back to you and make sure I understand this, Matt. So ultimately, what we have is HubSpot is saying we can be the single source for the vast majority of your needs in the RevTech stack. So they are building many of the things that say a Salesforce customer would have to go out and subscribe to and integrate within their stack. Basically, HubSpot is out there building these things. The other thing you talked about was ease of use. It's just a much easier tool to use. Then ultimately, I think what I'm seeing at least is that HubSpot is now making that effort like Salesforce made to start moving up market. So what you just talked about is a compelling pitch for smaller organizations. Do you see HubSpot hitting a ceiling where that idea of a single stack begins running into the headwind, which is do they have enough applications to serve more complex organizations? My opinion is,
1: and I did two, the third one is like how easy it is to adopt. It's just fundamentally easier to adopt. It's prettier, it's easier, like easy to roll out. But the question of can it scale past, I just like to answer it this way. I know a few, I know at least one, at least $1 billion plus company that uses HubSpot. They're called HubSpot. They moved from Salesforce. It is possible. I'm gonna answer it this way is, does HubSpot allow you to create custom objects? And so you can create data models. Yes. Does it allow you to have user permissions and like be able for some users to see things and others not? Yes. Does it allow now record customization? Yes. Can you be able to take two different business users and separate your CRM so you can do it? Yes. None of this was true a year and a half ago like HubSpot, HubSpot is a fundamentally different product. And it was, and you know, and they had a non-compete with with Salesforce until the, until 2020, they literally couldn't call themselves a CRM and they took, and then they stopped in 2020. They renamed themselves a CRM and they just had an avalanche of product updates. They're almost daily that I can't keep up with. If you haven't seen HubSpot lately, I recommend you go check it out. Your mind may be blown and it may change your, your life for the better. I'll make this point, Doug, as we continue here is I think there's another question is why don't people know HubSpot is so awesome? I think begs like the question begs. Here's my opinion. It is, why did I become a Salesforce admin and believe so hardly in Salesforce? It's because they have such a better training program. You can live and you can breathe Salesforce and they create almost die hard fans. That are sales ops specific in the sales, and HubSpot doesn't. They have this free academy. They don't. They don't, just won't make certifications. They just won't make proctored exams. And so, until HubSpot starts raising up the the rev ops revenue architect position, they will not be able to go up to enterprise. And so, what's keeping them from enterprise? It's the admins. There's not they need more of. They need more people who can administer it for them to go up. That's what's keeping them. They don't have the talent to be able to orchestrate HubSpot. Not the technical portion. Sorry.
0: I think the other thing you're doing Matt that I think is really interesting is and again these are these are all really bright people that run these companies. The thing I'm seeing that they're doing really well is they've begun to kind of attack that dominance for Salesforce very incrementally and I think in a very very clever way which is they've recognized that Marketo and Pardot are deeply lacking in usability. And so I feel like they've focused very heavily on the usability of their MFA And here's something they've done that I think is also really smart is they've created it such that you can use HubSpot MFA, if you will, independent of their CRM and therefore to supplant Pardot. Yes. Yeah. So super, super, super clever stuff. I'm really always encouraged when folks are thinking that strategically. So I'm seeing some of that rise happening right now there, which is pretty cool. The other thing I think is really interesting that I'm seeing is that I feel like, and you tell me, Matt, but I feel like one of the things that Salesforce has done that one would argue is either a really great idea or a really horrible idea was exposing Apex coding capabilities to now partners, it was critical, right? But to those IT organizations and to the RevOps organizations. And man, it is a slippery slope. You end up with these heavy customization cycles typically happening over years. And then you get what I'll call a brittle stack. Is HubSpot also in that place? Or are they allowing folks to, I don't know what the equivalent would be, are they allowing folks to code or are they maybe a little bit more shy about that challenge that I think Salesforce put in front of themselves?
1: Two points. Point number one is HubSpot almost always has an opinion on how to do something and they iterate from that opinion. So they're going to say, I mean, when HubSpot went to, and they said, hey, we're a marketing stack, they said, we're an inbound marketing stack. And, you, and this is the best way to go to market. And then they would slowly productize and update features around that based on feedback, right? They've done that same thing with, with sales. So like, and how they're doing it. So that's like they're iterating. Number two with that is, in the same way they have gone with, marketing and sales and slowly created it with opinions. They've done that same thing with the developers. So there's a huge, I mean, actually, I mean, I, you can't see it. I'm wearing a HubSpot developer shirt. They are starting to create a HubSpot developer community, but it started with websites, right? Like HT, like they created their own Hubble, like their own coding, and now they're reaching and they're saying they actually have app accelerators where they're putting apps through and they're slowly revealing their code, but only where they want and where only where they think they're not going to build. And it's going to be a slow. And what I think ha- what's going to happen in the next two to three years is it will be revealed, but it will reveal very specific to only the apps they want people to make. And they will invite people based on some kind of certification or criteria to come in and make them.
0: Yeah, I I like the scope. I have to say, I give HubSpot a lot of credit on this front as well, which is they've looked at the scope and the content. You nailed it, right? They've said, how do we make inbound marketing better? And gosh, we, we haven't even touched on the content machine. They did such an amazing job with the content marketing. But how do we make inbound better? And they've kind of built their products around that idea. And they've said, our boundaries are determined by the efficacy of inbound. And so they're not going after WordPress, But they're offering up some pretty compelling alternatives to WordPress. And if you think about it in a single universe where your website is actually on the same platform as your CRM, which is on the same platform as your MFA, you've got a really powerful thing. And I feel like Salesforce developed their tech stack based on the average rev tech orientation in maybe the mid-2000s. And I still, guys, can tell you, there's a multi-billion dollar company. There's a giant tower in the middle of San Francisco. They say that, that strategy is successful. We are not predicting the end of Salesforce. But- we're in a little bit of this kind of Microsoft versus Apple world right now. Sorry, Salesforce is Microsoft. And Apple is like more of a closed universe. And we want to be more intentional about how we're developing things. But I think, Matt, part of the reason that you're a zealous you know, believer in this stack as well is that your job is to help clients execute. And you're finding that you can do this, at. A, I'm going to guess, a relatively low cost compared to being a systems integrator for Salesforce. I
1: would say yes and no. There's very little talent. So I'm actually having to doing it higher. I'm having to hire Salesforce people and teach them HubSpot. So I'm not getting that economy to scale yet. However, is we're developing a lot of training to be able to execute. And that is the intent. HubSpot will be a lower cost from both support because instead of answering, instead of fixing problems and troubleshooting and creating a robots with all this like ticketing, you can create people who can be strategic and tactical with a air towards being strategic. And that's what you want from your revenue. And then it allows you to be what we talked about over the last couple of days, the strategic technician.
0: Well, I got to tell you, cool conversation, Matt. I have to say, best of luck. I feel like you're going to be at the vanguard with your HubSpot flag. And I think it's an important thing that you're successful and others are successful in your realm, because I have to say, at the end of the day, RevTech stacks are doing what? They're getting bigger. They're getting more complex. They're less integrated, meaning they're more brittle and so why is RevOps exist right now? I would posit it and say it's the dysfunction of the average Rev Tech stack that's got RevOps in a spot. And folks, what Matt is saying is take advantage of the fact that RevOps is necessary because of the complexities of those tech stacks and actually vault them in a position where they can be more strategic. Matt, thanks for being with us today. It was a pleasure. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Matt Bullion, co-founder and head of growth at Rev Partners for joining us. If you would like to reach out to Matt, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile on our show notes, or you can visit his company's website at revpartners.io. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't get a chance, take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to revgenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the RevGen podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show, of course. You can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen Strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.